Well, once again, I'm glad to, to be here in here with you and to have many of you streaming online. So, so grateful to worship alongside you. We hope that today is an encouragement to you wherever you are in your life with Jesus, wherever you are in your spiritual journey with him. We hope that today is an encouragement uh, to you. Before I jump into uh, the sermon too much into here, I just want to remind you uh, that each of us, we want to connect with you to walk alongside you as you journey towards Christ, as you apprentice yourself after the things of Jesus. Our desire is to walk alongside you. Uh, these past weeks, we've been talking about what we call our framework of formation, these nine practices that we engage in to pursue Jesus. But I also want to just either maybe remind you of and maybe invite you into uh, this partnership that we call covenant partnership. Take the intentional step of becoming a covenant partner here at Crossroads. Covenant partners are people who agree together to kind of orient your life around the teachings of Jesus, in particular around these nine practices that we've identified, and to orient our life around these nine practices to grow in our life with Christ, to become more and more like Jesus, to do routinely what he would do if he were living our life. And so we ask each other, we invite each other to covenant partnership, to agree with one another. And then we hold each other accountable to these practices. We kind of meet with one another and we grow to seek to find our life with God deepening and growing along the way. Covenant partnership is an intentional step whereby we commit to our, to our spiritual formation in the context of the local church. If we commit ourselves to being, to being formed in Christ's likeness, but in the context of the local church, in particular here at Crossroads and in these nine practices that we call the framework of formation that we grow together. As a covenant partner, if, if we agree to become covenant partners here at the church and we meet with spiritual counsel to kind of carve out a particular plan for spiritual growth, now, not a cookie cutter approach where you just have to take this step and that step and that, but it's a personalized approach to our spiritual growth. Much like you would if you were meeting a spiritual trainer in the gym to mark out a, a path for you individual, or if you're meeting with a guidance counselor at school to mark out your particular path in education, you meet with a spiritual counselor or spiritual advisor to mark out a spiritual path for you to grow in your own particular ways towards Christ. Now, I know that many of you have taken that step and, you, and you've met with us and you've signed up and said, yeah, I want to be a, a spiritual or a, a covenant partner in the church here. But some of you haven't yet made that decision. You haven't decided to become a spiritual or a covenant partner here in, in the church. And I just invite you to consider making an appointment to call me or, or to send me a, an email. You can do it right now on the online campus. If you're there, just say, hey, I'd like to meet with somebody as a, to be a, a covenant partner. Or you can come up after the service if you're here and we can talk in person or you can even drop it in the offering boxes on the, in the back wall there. You just drop a note and say, I want to meet with someone about becoming a covenant partner here at the church, and we can set up a time. I'd be happy to sit with you either in person or on a Zoom call or, or, in, or some kind of virtual meeting and just mark out a path for you to intentionally grow in your steps towards Christ-likeness. So just invite you to, to consider becoming a covenant partner here at the church. Well, this morning, I've already mentioned that we're talking about becoming a mentoring community. This, this eighth practice and the nine practices that we kind of orient our lives around is covenant partnerships, and that's to become a mentoring community, to, to pour your life into another person's life and to have them pour into 
your life. Now, we've talked a whole lot about intergenerational ministry at the church, about the intergenerational life, to have our children and our young people with us, to be in the services with us, to not feel like they're, they're shunned to some corner of the campus, but to have a family, to see the church as an extended spiritual family and, and to walk alongside one. We've talked a, a ton about that over the years here. We've looked at Deuteronomy chapter 6 and how the the Old Testament challenges us to teach our young people the ways of Jesus, to talk about these commands as we're coming and going, to pass those on to our children and to our children's children and to continue that path. We've talked about that a lot. We've talked about the special place that children and young people have in in the life and the ministry of Jesus how he welcomed the children and the young people to come to him, and, and he blessed them. He actually tells his disciples at one point, unless you enter the kingdom like a young child, you'll have nothing to do with the, child, with the, with the kingdom of heaven. You can read about that in, Math, in Matthew chapters 18 and 19 if you're curious about that. And we will continue to push ourselves to be intergenerational church, to, to have relationships with people cross-generationally where we will have older people pour into younger people and we'll be able to see them grow into Christ-likeness and to see ourselves as an extended church spiritual family. We'll continue to do that. But this morning, I want us to just, just consider for a moment the more general call, the more broad, broad strokes of becoming a mentoring community, be talking about being a mentor, whether that's cross-generationally, whether it's for, to our young people, our children, our teenagers, or it's just pouring into the life of someone who's maybe spiritually younger but not chronologically younger. The role of mentoring and the role that we need, the, the, the role that a mentor plays in our life and how we need that individually and how we need more of that in our church. As a staff, we read a book, and I usually don't do this and kind of like do like a plug for a book kind of thing, but this morning I felt like I needed to. A little bit ago as a staff, we read a book. It's called Mentor for Life by, by Natasha Sistrunk Robinson. It's a fantastic resource, and if you are someone who's been wanting to be to growing in your own mentoring to mentor somebody, I highly recommend this book. Uh, it's, a, it's a good read. It's, it's full of stories, full of practical ways in which you can grow as a mentor. I'm, I may be leading a group in the near future on mentoring, growing through this, but it's a fantastic book. I highly, highly recommend that we read it if, it's, if you're considering that in your own life. But as we consider and look at this morning what it looks like to be a mentoring community, I want you to recognize that being a mentoring community it is a call of the whole church. It's a communal way of life. This is what the church has been called to, to pass on the torch of faith from one generation to the next, from one person to the next. As we looked at that picture, it's, it's one cup that needs to be poured into from another cup, that this is the, the call of a community of church. This is what we are called into when we follow after the ways of Jesus. And you see this pattern of mentoring all throughout the Scriptures, from the earliest writings in the Older Testament all the way through to the Newer Testament and even into the early church. You see this aspect of passing on faith from one generation to the next, from one person to the next, this role of mentoring all throughout the Scriptures. Way back in the, in the early in the Older Testament, you see Elijah, the prophet, passing on the torch of, the, of the being a, a prophet to the person of Elisha. This mentoring to grow in his faith and in his, in his calling that God has called him. You see Eli doing that with Samuel. You see Moses doing that with Joshua. You see the Naomi doing that with Ruth. All throughout the Old Testament, you see one person passing on the faith to another person, mentoring them one-on-one, walking with them so that they can be strong in the Lord. 
And then you turn the pages into the Newer Testament and you see Jesus who taught the multitudes, who taught the thousands on the hillside, but then he called the 12 that he mentored, that he walked alongside with. And even in the 12, he has the three that he's really close to. He gives them a call. He, he teaches them. He calls them to, to follow them, to, to learn from him, that they would teach and train others along the way. Mentoring is, is a part of the communal life of the, of the Christ Father. What it looks like to be a part of a church is to be a part of a mentoring place where it's not just talking to the multitudes, but it's about the individual. It's about the individual. You see this in the early church as well. You see Paul on his missionary journeys and Peter and the other apostles doing this as they're starting up churches. And it's not just about gathering house churches together, people together, but it's about mentoring, being close enough to another person that you can model for them, pour into their life, that, they would see, that you would see Christ-likeness developing in their life as well. This aspect of mentoring is all throughout the scriptures, all throughout it. And it just simply wants to recognize as we wrestle with the role of mentoring in our call as a Christ-like community to be mentors ourselves, to be a mentoring community, just want to recognize that you and I, wherever we are in our, on our faith journey, we need mentors in our life. We need people to come close to us, someone in whom you see godly character in them, you see a godly kind of aspect or, or life in them, and you need to trust them to prayerfully and humbly give you godly counsel and advice, and you come alongside them, you see something, recognize something in them, and we need mentors in our life. Part of being known by love is having someone who can challenge and to see Christ formed in us. Part of what it means to be a community known by love is to be close enough to someone to hear their godly counsel, to guide us and to direct us into the ways of Jesus. We need mentors in our life. We, need, we don't just need to come to a place where there's hundreds of people or listen to something that's broadcast out for, for the multitudes to hear. We need someone close enough to pour their life into us to point us in the direction of Jesus. We need godly mentors in our life and if we're gonna pursue the things of Jesus. But if I could push it for just a moment, if I could just kind of push in a little here. Not only do you need a mentor in your life, a brother or sister who's close enough that you see godly characteristics that you want to be around them, that they can pour into you. Not only do you need a mentor in your life, friends, you and I are called to be mentors as well. We are called to be alongside someone to help them grow in wisdom and grace. We've been called by God to be a mentoring community, not just simply one who receives, but when we receive, one who pours out as well. We are called to be mentors. And the intriguing part about being a mentor, and you heard that in Janice's uh, interview and others will attest to the same, that oftentimes our faith is strengthened as well. We're encouraged as well. When we intentionally mentor others along the way, we're encouraged and equipped and inspired ourselves. We're called to be mentors. And we're, I'm going to look at a passage of Scripture here that will challenge us as we look at it and read it about what it looks like to become a mentor individually, but also what does it look like for us to be a mentoring community. And so if you have a Bible with you, I'm going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. If you have an app in your phone or if you have a journal, you can open that as well. But 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I'm just going to read a couple verses here. But before I read them, I want to ask you to do something. Maybe a little risky this morning, but I want to ask you to do it anyway. When you ask the Lord is see if he's challenging you to walk towards someone as a mentor. Maybe the Lord is, is drawing you to be a mentor for someone 
in your life, someone who needs someone to walk alongside. Maybe some of you, I just know this, some of you have been feeling a nudge to be a mentor in someone's life, to walk towards someone, to, to pour into them. Someone, the, the Lord is calling you to walk with someone. But for one reason or another, you've been rejecting it. Or you've been resisting it. You've got, you've got, a, you've got a busy schedule in your life right now. You're not, all these excuses, all these things are coming up. Do you feel in the heart of hearts, you feel a nudge from the Lord himself to call you to mentor someone, to walk alongside someone, and yet you're resisting. And yet you're resisting. I, I'm not going to try and coerce you. I'm not going to try and manipulate you. I'm not going to try and do anything like that. I'm just going to ask you, as we read this passage, as we go through it, I'm just going to ask you to pay attention to what the Lord is doing in your own life. And where is he leading you? Just pay attention to what the Holy Spirit may be nudging in you this morning. And just chew on that for a little bit as we get into the scriptures this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, the Apostle Paul writes this to his young friend. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. As we look at what it looks like to be a mentor and how to grow in a mentor, it's the first thing I want you to look at as Paul tells his young friend Timothy about being a mentor, about growing, about take these things that you heard me say in front of the witnesses and to pass them on, to be a mentor to other people. There's the first thing I want you to see about being a mentor, and that is the primacy of a disciple of becoming a disciple. The, your, the priority of you pursuing a life with Jesus. The priority of that. Paul says to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, Timothy had a relationship with Christ himself. And Paul is saying be strong in that relationship with God. Continue to for, pursue after Jesus. He has this relationship with Jesus and Paul's telling him to be strong there. Grow in your grace. The primacy of your own life with Christ. If we decide and we want to walk towards being a mentor of other people, we have to pay, make a priority in our own discipleship, our own apprenticeship, our own pursuit of God, of God ourselves. In the book of Acts chapter 16, we see how Paul meets Timothy. He, he goes on one of his missionary journeys, and he comes to the town of Lystra in Derby, and he meets Timothy's mother, who is a devout Christian. And Paul chooses Timothy to come alongside him, to, to, go, to join him on this missionary journey, to go with him as he goes, and as he's going, to teach him and to train him all those ways about how to become a follower of Jesus. Paul had called Timothy, and then he led him, and he walked with him. But if we're going to be a mentor, if we're going to be a mentoring community, then we need to be a growing people to, to prioritize our own growth in Christlikeness. To not be satisfied with a past tense relationship with Jesus. That once when I was five, I, I, I gave my heart to Jesus. Or I had this great experience when I was in high school. Or I had this one experience one time. But as followers of Jesus, as mentors, we are growing towards Christ. We are not wanting a, a past tense relationship. We're wanting a present tense relationship. One that is growing. The Apostle Paul tells his friend Timothy, to, to grow, hold fast, and to grow in your life with Christ. I love how Henry Nouwen, the writer and, and, uh, and philosopher, philosopher and theologian, writes and talks about these things when he says, the best gift that you can give another person is the gift of you being a growing person yourself. The best, you can give, the best gift you can give another person is the gift of you being a growing person yourself. 
Now, before you start thinking, I know some of you already are, but before you start thinking, well, that just disqualifies me. I haven't been following Jesus for very long. I haven't been doing that. And this kind of disqualifies me from being a mentor altogether. Before you jump to disqualifying yourself to being a mentor, let me share with you the second thing I want to say. And that is that mentors are growing, not perfect. Mentors are spiritual companions. Spiritual friends are growing people, not perfect. Growing, not perfect. The Apostle Paul tells, uh, tells Timothy to grow in his life, to hold strong to his faith. It means grow in his faith. It doesn't mean that he's perfect. One of the biggest hurdles you have to get past is to think that in order to be a mentor, you've got to have everything all together. We heard Janice speak about this in the, in the video earlier. And I want you to know that Timothy, Paul's protege here, had some of those same insecurities himself. He had his own kind of uh, insecurities that maybe led him to think that he was disqualified from mentoring or, or growing or, or leading other people. In fact, in, in Paul's first letter to Timothy, he has to address these kind of insecurities. And Paul instructs him to don't let anyone look down upon you. Don't think that you're disqualified because of your youth or your inexperience or your, your lack of formal training. But you ought to be a mentor to other people. Don't think that you have to be perfect, but be growing. And in his first letter to Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, he says this. He says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. In other words, don't think, don't think you're disqualified because you're young in the faith or because you're young chronologically from mentoring or walking alongside someone to see growth in their own life. Don't think you're disqualified because you don't have any formal training or you can't quote the Bible left and right from every chapter and verse, but simply be an example and be a growing person yourself. The best gift that you can give another person is the gift of you being a growing person in Christ. You don't have to have all the answers. Timothy didn't, didn't disqualify him. Don't think that your inexperience or your lack of formal training disqualifies you, but you, don't, you just be a growing person yourself. Hold fast to those teachings and grow in yourself. In fact, some of the best mentors around aren't people who have all the answers. The best mentors around are people who are humble enough to say, I don't have all the answers, but let's go look together. And let me show you how to find the answers, how to, how to pursue in a faith even when we have doubts. Some of the best mentors I know aren't people who, who have it all together and have all the answers, but courageously and humbly walk with others to seek to grow together. In another resource, another book that, that's been helpful to me is this little small one by Mindy Caligier. It's called Spiritual Friendship. And again, I'm not usually not like a hawking books kind of guy, but this is a real small, short little read, and it's great about learning how to develop these spiritual friendships. And I like how she describes how when you might feel like you're disqualified, but she describes spiritual friendship like this in her book. Ordinary friendships are generally characterized by intimacy, trust, mutual enjoyment of one another. Spiritual friends share those qualities, of course, but are also characterized by another element. Spiritual friends actively help us pay attention to God. See, it's not about having all the answers. It's not about being able to quote the Bible left and right, every book, chapter, and verse, everything else. It's about helping people to pay attention to God. It's about helping people to pay attention to what God is doing, to pray with someone, to walk alongside them, to model Christ-likeness. So before you think you're disqualified from being a mentor, just recognize it's not about having the answers. It's about being a growing person yourself. 
Which leads me to the, the next challenge I hear from Paul in this short little couple of verses in 2 Timothy, and that is that we are to entrust what we know to others. Entrust them to others. Who will in turn entrust them to another? Who will in turn entrust them to another? Paul says, you heard me say all these things in, in the cloud of witnesses and all the, the people around. So what you've heard me say, what you've seen me do, then entrust those, give those to another person. To pass it on to another person, it's like a relay race where you pass the baton to another person. And this is the pattern that we see, not only in Paul's writings, but in the early church and all throughout church history. Paul has this revelation from Jesus himself on the road to Damascus. He encounters the risen Christ. He experiences something with God, and then he takes what he has, and he passes it on to Timothy. And he says, Timothy, it's your time to run the race. It's your time to run with this, time, with this baton, but there's going to come a time when you need to reach out and hand it off to somebody else. Entrust it to someone else so they can entrust it onto someone else, so they can pass it on to another person. And that is how the church has grown. And that is how the church has passed on this faith journey with one generation to the next, passing the baton or passing the torch from one person down to the next person. And each one of us is a recipient of this kind of progression, this kind of one entrusting to the next, entrusting to the next. There are people from generations before me who ran the race of faith who followed the heart after God and passed their faith on to another, who passed on to another, who showed others how to pursue Jesus, how to follow him, who entrusted the ways of Christ to another person and handed it down. And we are sitting and I am standing here today as a result of generation after generation of mentors mentoring another, who mentor another. And friends, it is our time to mentor another, to pass a faith torch to another person, to grow with them. This is just simply how the, the faith grows and how we grow as individuals. It's not just about challenging another person, but when I sit with someone and I walk and I help them pay attention to God, my God sensors are heightened as well, and I pay attention to what God is doing in my life. And we grow together in mentoring. Mentoring. One final thought that I want to close with to kind of go with here. And I thought about different ways I could say this, and, and so I just kind of landed on this one. But that is that spiritual growth takes time. Spiritual growth takes time. I mean, growth in any area takes time, but in particular, the spiritual life where we're seeking to become kingdom-oriented people takes time. It's a journey. And many times the people that are being mentored, it looks like they just don't get it. Right? You see the pattern of two steps forward and one step back and one step forward and three steps backwards and that kind of stuff. You see that kind of pattern with the people that are being mentored. Can I tell you that's how it was with Jesus' disciples? There are moments where it seems like they get it and then you turn the page and it seems like they don't get it. And they see they get it and then they don't get it. There's this pattern of, of slow progression because mentoring and growth, well, it takes time. It takes time. That was my journey. I, I would walk a couple steps and I feel like I'm, I'm getting this thing and then i take a couple steps backwards. I'd, I'd kind of go a few steps further with God and then I'd take a season, a week or two months or a year or so and, and I'd maybe take a step backwards. Then I'd go forwards and I'd go backwards. I suspect that many of you, that's your story. Where your growth takes time. It's not that you said a prayer and instantaneously you're zapped into Christ's likeness, but your growth takes time time and it takes patience of a mentor to walk with you 
walk with you, even when you take a step backwards to walk you as you go forward, because maturity takes time and growth over, over a period of time. And maybe you're in the middle of a mentoring relationship or you're there in the middle of it and something happens, life changes, a, a job comes along, or your season of life changes, or a move takes you away from someone that you are mentoring. And while you would love to see the trajectory of their life and you love to see this pattern of a couple steps going back and forth, you love to see them grow into maturity, you don't because your season of mentoring was for a short period of time. And it can get kind of exhausting and you almost feel like, hey, what's going on if I'm only mentoring for this short period of time and then my job changes or I move or something else happens and I can't, I lose touch with this person. I can't mentor them over the long haul and I'm not sure what's going on. Well, through it all, we may not see the end result. We may not see the end picture. We've done our part of the race as best we can. We've handed the torch as best we can. We handed the baton as best we can. But it comes a time when we may separate because of one reason or another, and we have confidence and trust in the one who will finish the race and what God will do in that person. And through all of my own mentoring along the way, not only have I been mentored, but as I've sought to mentor others along the way, I have to keep this one passage in my mind as I'm pursuing mentoring, that I remember the one who guides and leads us is faithful. And that as I pass the torch of faith, and as I pray with someone to help them to see the ways of Jesus in their life, I hand it to them, and I have to trust in the one who will be with them through the rest of their journey. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, I am certain that God, who began the good work in you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You see, the mentor isn't the one who does the work for the one being mentored. The mentor is the one who helps them see God in their life. But it's God who does the work. And so Paul reminds the Philippian church and reminds us as we seek to be a mentoring community, be confident in the one who began the good work. will continue it until the day of Christ Jesus. So we grow in this. We grow in our idea of being a mentor. And as we kind of prepare to, to respond to this through worship, through song, and through, through the rest of the service here, I want you to do a quick kind of mental game with me for a second. I want you to think back on your journey with Christ, on your pursuit of Jesus, whether it's been for a few weeks or you've been following Jesus for decades. Think back on your own journey with Jesus. Who played a role as a mentor for you? Who helped you pay attention to God in your life? Who humbly prayed with you and gave you godly counsel along the way? Just think back on your life with God. Who has played that role of a mentor? Who've helped you pay attention, quietly guided you along the way, who modeled for you Christ-likeness? Saw God working in your life. And just in your mind's eye, quietly in your own heart, just praise God for them. Praise God that you are who you are in Christ because someone heard the call and heeded the call to mentor another person. Someone in your life felt the nudge of God in their own heart to say, I'm going to pour into you. And they came close enough to you 
to hear your story, to pray with you, to walk alongside you, to, mentor, to, to, to model and to, and to mentor you along the way. Someone heard the nudge of God in their life and they said yes to you, to mentor you. And praise God for them. Praise God for them. You're sitting here because someone obeyed the call of God on their life to be a mentor. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. Now look ahead. And in your mind's eye, think about the people around you whom God is calling you to walk towards and mentor them. That God is inviting you to someone. He's drawing someone's face and their name to your attention right now. And he's drawing you and saying, you need to walk towards them and help point them to the ways of God in their life. Look ahead. Who is God drawing you to? To pass on the torch of faith. And while you have all sorts of insecurities and while you have all sorts of reasons and doubts and thoughts that you could not do it and, and hurdles that you think are too big and too long for you to jump past and all those things may be true. And in the midst of it, the Holy Spirit is still nudging you to be a mentor to somebody in the spiritual life. And you may think I'm too young in it. I don't know enough on all those things. And I know, sure. But would you heed and be obedient to the call of God in your life to mentor one, to come alongside close enough to one person to begin to pour your life in, to help direct them to the calling of God in their life and to see Christ mature in them. Think back on your own journey. Praise God for that. And look ahead. And where's God drawing you? Where's God leading you? Hey, let me pray for us. Jesus, we are humbled and we recognize that it is because of you that we stand and because of you that we move and because of you that we exist and have our being and, and can walk alongside others. We thank you and praise you for the many who have come before us who have poured their life into someone, who has poured their life into someone, who ultimately poured their life into us. We thank you that they heeded the call and were obedient to the call of mentoring. We praise you that we are standing and sitting here because of the, the long line of people who have poured into others. Give us courage to, walk, to humbly walk in obedience to you. It's in your name we pray.